Welcome back to the Mate How Good Was podcast with me, Josh. And me, Dono. Dono. No delays today, mate. We're back again, baby. We are back again. How you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, good, mate. I feel like I'm living in this podcast at the moment. I'm breathing <laughs> golfing, it. isn't it? Yeah, it's nice. But to be fair, mate, how good was? Mate, how good was? So, yeah. like, what? Unbelievable. Thank you to the to the millions of legions of fans that have listened to the the last couple of pods we put out. Um, we're gonna do well. We're obviously gonna talk about another footballer again today. Bit of bit of rubbish news though. International break, shit mm. in it. Yeah, I always think <clears throat> I always think this. Like we're coming up to the end of the the like the Premier League schedule, and I think, oh, here we go, international football. But. There's no doubt every single time I'm on YouTube watching the players in training and their arrival videos every single time. Yeah, same. Exact same. It's tragic. A 30-year-old man that? sat watching YouTube of like 20-year-olds turning up for their international camp. And they they do the same thing every time. They get out, they go, you're right. And then they spud the guy on the camera and they just go into the reception with their boots. Yeah. Do you, did you watch, bit. did you see that video of the Rondo? Yeah, watched that earlier. Um, unbelievable. I had to I had to have a word of myself because I watched the um the video they did where it's, it's um Kane Grealish and Watkins where they just literally kick a ball at FIFA cards in a goal and it's like 15 20 minutes long I watched the entire thing at the end of it I, just, <laughs> I was on my own I was out loud in the room I was like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> That's England yeah. baby um that yeah it is what it is but it doesn't matter do you know what I mean that's England um is it is as well that I think what makes it less exciting, exciting but less exciting is it's who have we we've got malted tomorrow. Yeah, massive game for us. Who have we got after that? San Marino no or something idea. like that? We've got someone really <laughs> shit as well. We've got two really shit games. I say tomorrow, by the way, because we've recorded this. We will have recorded this a week before everything happened. So if something massive has happened in any of the England games or someone's been sacked over the international that you think like yeah, we just don't know. Like, if this has come out afterwards, we might have to do like an emergency pod or an emergency disclaimer or something if something Mate, massive does happen. Mate, how good was that breaking news? Yeah, but other than that, yeah, we just don't know. So sorry. Um, I had a thought. I had a thought earlier, right? While I was watching the Rondo, right? And this is, <laughs> this is, yeah, this is um, just dreaming, right? So I'm thinking back about what you said in the last pod when we said about that midfield, right? Hear me out. And I'm not saying I want this to happen, but hear me out for this as an idea or a possibility, right? Yeah. What about Rico Lewis? In the midfield. Rico Lewis is playing midfield for City this season. What's yeah. to stop Rico what's to stop Rico Lewis playing in midfield for, for England? Um where's he playing? So we're playing in the midfield three. Yeah, so Rice Rice Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. Get rid of Bet yeah, because that the, the weakest our two weakest positions are we're one I feel like we're one world class centre back and one world class midfielder away from being top to toe world class squad. Well not, world, drafted, not world class, but as in top to toe very good. Yeah. We just drafted in world class centre back Esri Conser. Um yeah. So yeah. I think we'll be all right there. Um yeah. Rico Lewis in the midfield. I've not actually thought about it to be honest with you. Um because he played there instead of Phillips, didn't he? Pep played him instead of Phillips. Yeah. Uh, maybe. I just can't see Southgate doing that. Can you? Nah, me neither. I think, I think no. he's too small for him to play him in the middle. I think that's why he doesn't play Foden there. 
I also listened on that. Pep said this week that he is he's like Rico Lewis, who is one of the best players in the league, but no one acknowledges it because he's small. Might not have been those exact words, but something of that ilk. He said he's absolutely amazing, but he doesn't get acknowledged enough because of his height. He doesn't. He doesn't stand out to me though. When I'm watching City, I it doesn't. He doesn't like jump out at you. Maybe it's because he doesn't but, get the plaudits, and that's why. But that's. But who? Who? When you watch City, yeah, who, I know you're say, yeah. Yeah, no, like, like really, if, you're never if, like, wow, they are, they're, yeah. And they're. other than ha- other than Haaland and De Bruyne, even Rodri, you do, are, are you are, you can understand that Rodri is the best at what he does, but yeah. you're not like, wow, Rodri, Mo- like every game, yeah. it's like what, generally in the big games where he's where the where you notice him a little, where you notice him a little bit more. But I don't watch like City winning six 0 the other week and go, oh, Rodri, yeah. Maybe you know I mean? maybe I'm, then maybe when. When he well, hopefully I'll get some game time for England then this this weekend and then yeah, I always find with the city players that come and play for England, especially with like players like Grealish and Foden, the shackles are kind of off a little bit. Yeah, obviously with City they've got a function um, within like that they're like a cog in a machine, aren't they? So they're yeah. kind of suppressed, not su- not suppressed, but like <clears throat> they're. Yeah, they're playing with like they're not playing with as much freedom as they are with with England. I think Southgate like lets the front three kind of just do what they want, and hopefully yeah. we'll see the same with with Rico Lewis if he gets a chance. Yeah, I hope he does. I hope Southgate doesn't just pick the the standard lot, the Swindon lot. Those Swindon lot of slugs. We're going to crush them. <laughs> uh, you're going up tomorrow, aren't you? You're going up yeah. tomorrow, and you're getting a you're getting a limo up. That t- <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not a limo. Ten a.m. <laughs> it's a, it's a it's party a bus. No, he's not. He's a Hummer. He's a Hummer like you're going to prom. He's <laughs> not. Are a, you sure? A... Don't know. But no. No, uh, you said to me. I swear, you said initially yeah. when you did it. It's well, like I think it's a Hummer. I I heard it was a. I heard it was. No, you've made that up. I've never. No, it's that. a Hummer. <laughs> right. Someone. If, if someone anyone, told if me. If anyone's gone to the England game, if anyone has gone to the England game by the time <laughs> it's come up, and you saw a sixteen fucking losers getting out of a Hummer, Tono is one of them. <laughs> I don't think it's a Hummer. I think I I first initially heard it was going to be a limousine, not a Hummer limo, just a limousine, <laughs> and then the last I've heard of it is that it's going to be a party bus and it's picking us up from the Bruins Fair at 9am. <laughs> the game doesn't kick off till 8, we're getting picked up at 9am. The, the journey's going to be like two hours. That 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 is going to be, that Saturday morning is going to be fucking I'm, I'm, hell, man. Honestly, I'm, I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, oh. I am. I'm genuinely terrified. I'm hydrating now because I just noticed there's going to be no water consumed at all tomorrow. Other than but yeah, yeah, that is um, that is going to be a messy one. But hopefully it's a good result for England, and you can you can remember some of the match. That'd be a uh, well. To be honest, it doesn't really matter if you can. We're going to be we're going to pump them. If if we haven't pumped them, if we sent this out and we haven't pumped them, then I'll be embarrassed. But I know I'm not going to be embarrassed because we will have pumped them. Um, the other thing I. Wanted, there was a couple other things I wanted to talk about as well. Um, firstly, is just because not too much has really gone on in football. Walter Mazzari back at Napoli, right? Just I just wanted to just because he's back there. Do you remember that side? Lavezzi, Cavani, and Hamsik yeah. as a front three. Yeah. Oh Unbelievable. my god! Who did um, they have behind them? Le- oh yeah, Cav- oh, Cavani, <laughs> and then Lavezzi and Hamsik behind them. Uh, Gargano, Gargano and Inla. They used to play Maggio That's on the it. right. Inla. That's what I was thinking of. Just a, yeah, a Maggio on the right. Break. Who was the left back? 
Oh, he as um Carlos was it Carlos? He was Colombian, Zaniga, um Cannavaro, Paulo Cannavaro, Aronka Kulabali was no, I think Kulabali came just towards the end of it, and then they used to have that keeper who had the mad spiky hair. I can't remember his name. He was Italian. He was uh, D something. Can't remember what his name was. That front but three there was unbelievable. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like eight. It was like eight all right footballers, and then just three absolute mavericks up front, wasn't it? Yeah, they were class. Yeah, they were that game against that game against Chelsea. I feel like Napoli is someone that I've always had like a, a little bit of love for, and we're and hopefully, I mean, hopefully, we may have some uh, we may have some news about something to do with Napoli at some point in the not too distant future. But we'll Fingers we'll keep crossed. that one of the wraps. Fingers crossed, man. But we'll keep that one of the wraps for a little while. But yeah, we hopefully we can we can talk about Napoli a lot a lot more. But I just wanted to so. When Mazzari came in, I was watching. I was I was reading something about it this week. So his first press, his first bit of press was just signed. All the press are, or like, not, he's not in the conference, but he's like going back to his car and they're all like, Walter, Walter, how are you feeling? He's like, I'm tired. I haven't slept for two days. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine being like, right, I've just hired someone who's he's got a bit bit of a legend in Nap in uh, in Naples. What a Mazzari. He's just come back after 10 years. You'd expect him to be like, yeah, buzzing. Considering he's managed like what? Watford? Yeah, Watford, <laughs> Cagliari and some other Torino. And he's come back and, oh, I'm a bit tired. <laughs> it's a funny um, one, isn't it? That job. But I was listening to a um, <clears throat> I was listening to a podcast earlier and they were saying that the, when um, Spalletti left at the end of the season, it was really hard for the club to bring in new managers because yeah. no one really believed that they could match or better what he'd done so yeah. they ended up with Rudy Garcia but by the sounds of it I don't, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on Rudy Garcia's career but he, yeah. he sounds like given given the job it would it's kind of like a match made in heaven what he was, was achieving with Lille in that in the in the same league as PSG was pretty impressive yeah. so but how long ago was that Rudy Garcia, Rudy Garcia has managed so many clubs and done quite poorly at so many clubs. He was in he was in Saudi Arabia before they got him there. He did an all right job at Roma. He did a he did an all right job at Marseille, but the Lille job he did was ten years ago. The north of ten years. He left Lille in twenty thirteen. Like he's 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 someone that had a couple. You know, when someone's stock is relatively high, and then they just managed to churn out jobs because of it. He also yeah. went from managing. He also went from managing Marseille to straight to managing Leon. I don't know about that. Yeah, he also brings out a guitar as well. He also racks out on the guitar in the <laughs> as well. Like he's notorious for it. He, um, yeah, he's like a he's a bit of a rogue one. But I feel like Napoli comes under that blanket of clubs like Marseille, where like I feel like they are they feel like they are unloved and not part of like, they're not, not like people from Napoli feel like they are Neapolitano. They don't feel like they're Italian in the same way. Like people from Marseille are from Marseille. You're like Scousers. Yeah. Right. Got you. Um, Love to be hated. But yeah, but it's weird, but it's weird. That's, he's a weird one because I, I want like 10 years out of a job and coming back in. I'd be like, it'd be like Moyes going back to Everton now. Just, it just feels a bit, but I, but I suppose Moyes' stock has actually risen. So that's not right. It'd be like, um, It'd be like Martin O'Neill taking over the Villa job. Do you know what I yeah. mean? It just feels a bit like feels a bit weird. Been there, done that. Yeah. Um the only other thing, because we haven't got we haven't got too much I'm gonna talk about is have you do you see um yesterday, so again, this would have been a week ago, Dimitri Pyatt scored a ninety fourth minute winning free kick and it's an absolute thunderbolt. 
I can imagine exactly what it's like. <laughs> it is exactly that. what you think it is. So, so I love, I love Payet. I love, I, I love Payet, and I love him because he obviously got pushed out of Marseille because he's old and whatever. And Payet definitely could have gone to America, and Payet definitely could have gone to Saudi Arabia. But instead, he's playing for he's playing in Brazil. He plays for Vasco da Gama in Brazil. There's something about that that I just feel like, right, that's just... I always find it weird when like a European player goes to South America to play football. I don't know about you. I just think, how has that even come about? Like, I just can't imagine like a... Well, I can't imagine a South American club trying to like bring a European player across. I just think it's so strange. I don't know. But I, but I also... I mean, it takes Central America into it as well. Like... Andre Pierre Gignac is, is like he might be Tigres's like all time top goal scorer. He just scores an absolute shit level. Hit that <laughs> mental. But that must but that must also be quality that like he had a relatively successful career in Europe. He kind of knew that his next step was going to be sidewards. He probably wasn't going to go to a bigger club when he left. I think it was Marseille he was at. So he's just gone right. I'm just going to be an absolute like cult figure at Tigres. I rate that a lot. Yeah, I, that's he's. But we're like, would you rather be like bouncing around the French league, because like sort of around the top, or be like a Boca Juniors hero? I would rather be a Boca Juniors yeah. hero every day of the week, exactly. So, but it does. It's usually not that successful. Like De Rossi didn't. De Rossi didn't stay for very long, did he? No. Florian Tovan, do you remember him? He went out to yeah. Tigres. He went out to Tigres as well. Yeah, didn't stay for very long. Ravel Morrison. Is, hasn't been successful really anywhere, bless him, but didn't work out very well there. Um, he went to Tigre. Seidorf. No, he went to, oh. he went to Atlas. He played in Mexico. It's mental, isn't it? Yeah. Clarence Seedorf played for Botafogo, but his wife was Brazilian, I think, or his, someone in his family's Brazilian. Yeah, so that's there's always some sort of link in it. It's never just like completely random. Yeah. But Andre Pierre Gignac is, uh, I, would, I wouldn't mind doing a podcast on someone like him. Because I think he's interesting. I think that's an yeah, interesting. He would, I remember him being quite good on like one of the old Fifas. Like, yeah, he was. He scored. He scores a lot of goals. Like, he's, I think he scored a lot of goals. In, in fact, right, I'm, you talk for a little bit. In fact, no, I can talk while doing it. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, Gignac. He scored. He scored a lot of goals in his last like couple of seasons at Marseille. Right, his Tigres record. Mate, he's played three hundred times for him. Three hundred and seven games. One hundred and seventy-two goals for Tigres. That's fucking yes. Mate, his last two seasons at Marseille, he scored 16 in 35 and then 21 in 38. So and then he went to Mexico. Pretty, yeah, he was pretty <laughs> prolific. He went to Mexico in 2015, so nine years ago. Mate, he was 28 when he went to Mexico. That is mad. On a free. Yeah, end the contract. That's, uh, that's I say that with full confidence. I got a clue. Yeah, end the contract. Yeah, that's quality. Yeah, legend. Bernini, sculpture of a goal, Pablo. It's perfection. If it had missed the target, you could have hardly blamed him. But he takes all of the responsibility on his own shoulders. He guides it heavenly. It's a magisterial... I feel like the guy that we're, we're going to talk <clears throat> about today is... Um, someone that would be dressed like I'm dressed now. I feel like he's going to listen to like bands you, you reckon? don't know. Yeah, yeah, man. I reckon he's going to listen to bands you don't know. If he goes to London, he visits like Shoreditch and Camden. Uh, I don't know. I reckon he dresses like he wears like an expensive pair of loafers. He wears like one pair of, he's got one pair of jeans that he paid like two grand for. And he always wears the same pair. 
and then he always just wears a black shirt everywhere. Nah, I don't. He kind of looks no. like a waiter. Yeah, he does it like a waiter. And then he's just got he a looks- matching black leather jacket. So he's just he just looks like slick European. He looks like a geek, doesn't he? He doesn't look like the type of footballer he is. Well, now when when he was now when he was when he was like twenty, early twenties, he was gorgeous. Do you not think? Yeah, I, I was. I was I, he was. He was reminding me. I couldn't put my. I couldn't put my finger on it. If he was, he reminded me of Nadal or um, um, Roger Federer. Ah, yeah, Federer. Federer. He looks a kind of bit like Federer, right? Yeah, he does. Federer. Yeah. Anyway, who he is? Because we haven't even said who he is. He's just some gorgeous bloke who looks like Roger Federer. Is we this on today's episode? We are going to look at mate. How good was Fernando Redondo? Redondo player. Principe. Player. What, what does that mean? Have you start? If you haven't started your Duolingo back, have you started your Duolingo back up yet? I have not. No, I haven't. Fuck I might start it tonight what? after this. I could, I've, got, I've got. Mate, I've got like. Bullshit. I've got like two and a half hours. I've got two and a half hours to kill on the party bus tomorrow on the way up to, up to England, so I might have a, might have a blast <laughs> on it then. I don't reckon you're going to be blasting anything other than beers in your mouth tomorrow. <laughs> we will see. We will see. Um, mate, how good was Fernando Redondo? I mean, yeah, the, 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 the long and short <sighs> is find out. very good. Ve- we're going to find out, but very, very, very good. How I feel like Fernando Redondo, I feel like, is one of those people that if you watched, if we were like, our age in 2001, maybe a bit, no, early in 2001, like late 90s when Sky used to have La Liga or when you could watch the odd La Liga game, he'd be like one of our favourite players. Yeah. And I'm also going to say, if he played for your team, you'd you'd like, you'd love him 50% of the time, absolutely hate yeah. him the other 50% yeah. of the time. 100%. 100%. Although, he's he is someone that has nostalgia bias. Yeah. Isn't he? He's someone that's so. because because he was good because he was really really when he was really good he was really really good he will have nostalgia bias. So before we go before we go into it too much, why don't you tell us about his his career, Dono? So <clears throat> Fernando Redondo starts out in Argentinos Juniors in in uh, Argentina. Um, yeah. He was scouted by the same scout who scouted Diego Maradona. Um, yeah. He comes through there, obviously makes his first team appearances there and um, earns a call up to the uh, Argentina squad whilst he's still playing in Argentina. Um, He then goes from Argentina to Tenerife in bizarre circumstances, but we'll we'll get into that. Um, Absolutely blows out the water in Tenerife. Makes the switch from Tenerife to... Real Madrid, yeah. where he probably enjoys his best spell, uh, his most successful spell, before finally finishing in Italy with the biggest club in Italy, AC Milan. Oh, you, I thought you said last weekend at Milan were the biggest club in Italy. Well, the jury's out on that one, mate. I think we decided, didn't we, that AC Milan yeah. are the biggest? Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, we did. Fair enough. If you disagree, um, obviously get in touch, but that's what we're going with. <laughs> Um, I'm just going to read through his. Um, I'm going to read through his honours as well. Now you've mentioned his clubs, I'm going to read through his honours. So sort of both parts of the tape. So he won the he won the at Tenerife. He won the John Gamper Trophy, which is that um, is is that is that 
friendly that Barcelona hold at the beginning of the year, but it used to be um, used to be four teams. He won La Liga twice, 94, 95, 96, 97. He won the Supercopa de España once. He won the UEFA, he won the Intercontinental Cup, which was the mix of like the South American and UEFA teams. He came second in the UEFA Super Cup and he won the Champions League twice with Real Madrid. He won Serie A, Coppa Italia, and he won the Champions League a third time with Milan, but we're going to talk about that because it is a little bit B-Tech. Um, while in Argentina, he uh, won the Copa America whilst playing for Argentina, Confederations Cup, and the South American Under-17s Football Championship in 1985. Big, big, big stuff. He won the Golden Ball at the Confederations Cup, legend. He got in a t. He got the in the FIFA 11 team of the year. He won a load of other random shit, and he also won UEFA Club Footballer of the Year, which is essentially for the best footballer of the year, 99 to 2000. And he was also in Argentina's team of all time and Argentina all time's dream team, 2021. Massive. That's mental, so, isn't it? Yeah, that's and this is why when we started with he has, it feels like he has a little bit of nostalgia bias. I mean, that sort of sums it up. So just we'll just go on to that. So all time Argentina eleven. He yeah. has twenty nine caps for Argentina. <laughs> twenty nine yeah. caps and one goal. Yeah, madness. How are you going to put a player like that? Obviously, there there are he does have a lot of history with with selection issues. So yeah, yeah. he probably would have had a lot more, but. You yeah. can't be putting someone in into the all-time eleven with twenty-nine caps. Yeah, I think that there, there's probably loads of great Argentinians of the seventies and eighties that yeah. we don't know. But would you put him? Would you? I mean, Maradona's in. Maradona's in. Maradona is like not even a question, is it? And Maradona's yeah. going to play in that. Maradona's <laughs> playing in that. <laughs> Maradona's playing in that midfield. Now, if you play a two or a three, is he better than? Mascherano, I don't know. Simeone for Argentina is he better than Simeone for was for Argentina? Is he better than anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, now you actually think about Argentina's midfield. Argentina's midfield, right? When I think about great Argentinian midfielders or play, players that played in Argentinian midfield, aside from uh, Maradona, how many creative ones actually have that many caps or that many impacts? Like because Messi, Messi sort of just fills that role. So Avaria, like Jabala, was a great one. Probably didn't have that much of an impact. Imar is Imar is a bit before our era. Raquel May, I suppose Raquel May is the only yeah. other one. Yeah, you put um, Raquel May in there, wouldn't you? But then, like in terms of, there's not. I don't feel like there's too many greats that are sort of an in betweener. You have like a number ten who didn't get in because of Messi or whatever, or someone like Raquel May who was a bit of a god. Um. Or you have like combative, hardworking, like Simeone, like Mascherano, like mm. Cambiasso, like Zanetti when he slotted in there. They're not like, do, do you know what I mean? That, that none of those type of players are Redondo. Redondo is not that. Redondo might be deemed as like a, a a defensive midfielder as such, but he's nothing like them. No, and that's that's, that's what I'm saying. Is I think it's very strange. I'm just looking at the other two they've selected in the midfield. They've put Ozzy Ardiles, obviously way before our time. And yeah. Maradona, so him being in there with twenty nine, yeah. Raquel may even make put Raquel May in there. Sat that yeah. off, get Raquel May in there. Oh, I found another one as selected by Chat GPT. 
Riquelme <laughs> and Mascherano, and there's no Redondo. Is that Messi? Messi's in there. They've got a front four. They've got Maradona, Aguero, <laughs> Diego Batistuta, and um, Diego Batistuta. Who's that? Is that, Gabriel Batis- is that Gabriel Batistuta off DH gate? No, no, no. Diego Batistuta was his brother. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, so right. So they right. So they got Richard Messi, um, <laughs> Sammy, Sammy Aguero, and David Dario Maradona. Maradona. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Let's go into let's go into Redondo. So he's actually one of the things that I found quite interesting and brings back to what you said at the beginning about him wearing expensive loafers and jeans is he 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 was a rich boy. Like, yeah. oh my God, what was, he was a rich boy. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he, used, oh fucking hell, sorry. He, usually when you think of footballers, you think of like, um, the only term that I can think of in my head then was rough and tumble, but I don't really think that's <laughs> But what I'm saying is you usually think of like a more of a working class upbringing, yeah. but he was, um, he, he, he was not. He was a. He was a. He was a rich lad who studied law. Went to university in Buenos Aires and studied law. Um, when I when um when I heard this bit, when I heard this this bit of his life, um, yeah. key fact, it kind of it kind of made me think about um the way. I wonder if he would like had like a, obviously I didn't have obviously had a, a wealthy upbringing. I wonder how his parents brought him up. Were they like hard with him or not? But the way they plays yeah. and the way that um. He kind of is really reckless with the. It's, 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 he's reckless with the ball. Um, he likes to play like free flow and attacking football. Um, but his, his defense, his defense for a defensive midfielder, he's just super lazy. Doesn't do any of the like the, the tracking back. His tactical awareness is just sh- shocking. So like, so I you, wonder if that resonates. I'm saying, push- I'm saying he was born with, with a silver spoon in his mouth. And he's got no real reason to bother with anything other than just what he wants to do at all times. So his privileged upbringing is the reason that he was a lazy footballer. I'm making that comparison. Yes, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I do don't like the fact that we're. To- I understand. I've gone, it. I've gone big early again. Yeah, I, you've got fucking massive. Why don't you stop me? I just start. I start talking, and then no, I like it. You, it's, it's turned from like a it's turned from a football podcast into like us judging people for being rich, which is <laughs> stupid, and then it's gone into like a psychology lesson. Uh, it's just the, a little bit of everything. Um, I, don't, I I think there's I think there's there's method to the madness definitely, but how many other lazy midfielders are there? Are all lazy mid? Is is it like lazy midfielders are born? Todd Campbell. From- Todd Campbell, yeah, but nah, Todd Campbell's not lazy. Todd Campbell works his bollocks off. Does he fuck? He's playing for Rangers. Yeah, he does. Yeah, exactly. Working his bollocks off for Rangers. Did he fuck? Right. Uh, Nah, fuck, he does. He definitely does. (laughs) Um, Right. Anyway, so he's rich. Brilliant. Um, So, like you said, he was spotted by um, the same guy uh, who um, spotted Maradona for Argentinos Juniors. Argentinos Juniors, again, seems to be just like a bit of a stepping stone club, but a a big club. Yeah. I mean, Buenos, how many clubs are there in Buenos Aires? Loads. How many? I I mean, there's there's loads of professional teams in Buenos Aires. How many professional? Why am I doing this while we're doing the pod um, rather than doing it before? Because I should have done it before. Imagine you're the scout. You find Maradona. You're like, yeah, buzzing. You, you, I would want a bit of commission for that, wouldn't you? You've got to work yeah. on commission as a scout. 
and then you go and get Redondo as well. Mate, sorry, I'm just going to have to stop a second, right? There are so many football clubs in Buenos Aires. More than I knew. In the top league, there are Boca, River, Independiente, yeah. Racing, Racing, San, San Lorenzo, Huracan, Argentinos Juniors, and Vélez Sarsfield, right? And what's even more mental is Argentinos Juniors, their ground is called the Estadio Diego Armando Maradona, obviously. <laughs> Theirs is the smallest ground with 25,000. The next smallest is San Lorenzo with 40. So all of those, so there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven clubs with 40 to 40 plus thousand seat stadiums in one city. That's bigger than London. London doesn't have seven, does it? That's not included national. Well, not, not in, so the, what, Ars- in the top division. Ars- no, but in, even across all divisions, it wouldn't have seven grounds of more than 40,000. Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea's is like 42. I don't think it's even that. Nah, Chelsea's is north of 40. I don't know how much north of I think it's 42. That's, anyway, that's mental. Yeah. Sorry, that was... So Argentinos Junior's big side um, in a m- football mad city. And should he have got extra reward for finding Maradona? Yeah, 100%. So he comes through, <laughs> he comes through Argentinos Junior's. He's the player of the tournament in the under-16 championships, beating Brazil 3-2. Um, who did he play with in that team? Loads of people. I'll give you a clue. Yeah. He is of Scottish descent. Ah, oh, Alexis McAllister's dad. Carlos McAllister. God, mate, uh, pictures, Carlos McAllister. Who you know also, by the way, he was actually, I didn't realise Carlos McAllister was also born in Argentina. I thought he was born yeah. in Scotland. He's not. Nah. He was born in, but, he was born in Argentina in like the 30s. So I'd love to know at what point his, his Scottish ancestors emigrated to Mate, uh, have you Argentina. seen him? Mate, he's have so you seen? It's unbelievable. Mate, like, Carlos McAllister is like, you know, those pictures that do the rounds on social media. Like, how the fuck did that get there? When you see <laughs> pictures of him in an Argentina kit, it's like, who's who is who's picked up the, who's picked up this fella from Dunfermline who was doing I don't know, like he was a postie and they just dumped him in the Argentina squad. Who's, he looked like, like he was going to gap you. Think, oh, mate, he does. Mate, he does. He doesn't look like. He doesn't look like he's like. Um, like footballers look like they've put like a lot of effort into their appearance and stuff. He looks like he doesn't give a fuck. He looks like he's like just been down the mines and then just come up and thought, right, I'll have a kickabout with the old Argentina lads. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, mental. Carlos McAllister, yeah, bizarre. Um, so then he gets, he's absolutely blowing it away for Argentina's juniors first team. Yeah. Um, gets his first international call up. For the ninety for the nineteen ninety World Cup squad, um, yeah, turns it down. Yeah, and and this is this is where I feel like his his maybe maybe Shoreditch and Camden were the wrong parts of London. This is like Clapham, isn't it? This is where I feel like yeah. he's a bit rich, rich, pa- rich parents, but like champagne well, socialist, air, dirty air force. Yeah, well. yeah, dirty air, dirty air forces living in a nine hundred grand house. Um, yeah, he's so this is where he he turns down the World Cup and he turns down the World Cup side because of like political reasons is is a big factor in it. It's not officially ever confirmed that. Yeah. But his so to 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 give you sort of the the uh the context. So Argentina's former manager was a guy called Minotti. And Minotti was Minotti was very left wing, was very left wing politically, 
but also if you were to put a politics, if you were to take politics into football, a left wing in the sense of he just kind of went, just you boys just crack on with it. Yeah, like very okay. liberal with how he allowed things to happen, which kind of backs up your point at the beginning, which he's very, he's very like liberal with how he's like, yeah, you boys just crack on, do what you want. I'll put you in a formation, kind of just follow it. But he was extremely successful and he led brilliant Argentina sides and, and Redondo really looked mm. up to him. But the new the new manager was a guy called Billardo, who uh, was the opposite. Who was very right, who was politically right wing, but also super conservative. Like if you were to think about like the difference between like a a Roberto De Zerbi style manager and a like a Jose Mourinho, although this feels like it's disrespectful <laughs> to Mourinho, maybe like a Roberto De Zerbi versus like Jose Mourinho in his last four or five months at Man United. Mm. Um, they were like chalk and cheese, and he just he didn't like he didn't like it, did he? He was quite he politically not. quite headstrong. Argentina was Argentina as a country at the time was super divided between like left and right as well with La Junta and stuff like that. So, oh. sorry, my pronunci- my pronunciation of that. Sorry to be like a pretentious twat, but La Junta, I fucking shock it. And Biardo, yeah, B- yeah, it's Biardo. Oh, hey, Biardo. <laughs> No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to start being a massive Belen just a little bit. Yeah. It, so yeah, it, it, he's not a fan. He turns them down. Yeah. They don't go on to do anything special today in the 90 World Cup. Nah. Sort of fuck about a little bit. Sort of fuck about a little bit. Um. And yeah, nothing. Nothing major. See you later, Argentina. Um. They had a couple of good players though, didn't they? That um. Oh, what was his name? David. David Marabomba. Yeah, oh, he was all right that? actually. David, David Marabomba oh, was playing. Who's related to the um, the raging Baghdad Adrian Mutu, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. I yeah, also think, I wasn't he playing? He was, he was playing just in behind Daniel Batistuta, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> by the way, if by the way, um, when we say they didn't do anything special, we mean they came runners-up. Yeah. They probably would have yeah, won it, it if, they'd had, if they'd had the, uh, they had the champagne socialists in the midfield. Yeah, if they had the if they had the clap and baghead in the midfield, they would. <laughs> although he wasn't a bad, although he wasn't a baghead. No, I think he's quite the opposite. And, Clapp- and Clapham was not that bad. Let's not. Yeah, I'm hoping we have some listeners in Clapham. Hi, Clapham listeners. Unsubscribing me. Uni- by the way, Clapham listeners, uni was seven years ago. Get over it, bruv. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he um he comes to the end of his his time at Argentinos Juniors at the end of the season. Yeah. They forget to renew any of the contracts of any of the players for the entire imagine, squad. Imagine the anxiety of that. Imagine like just going on a night out, waking up and being like, right, uh, right, phone, yeah, phone's phone's been on charge. Yeah, turn the heating off. Yeah, great. Uh, renewed all the contract. Oh my fuck! <laughs> Haven't renewed any of them. You had one Every- job. <laughs> you could have done Every- this six months ago. Why have you waited to the last day of the season? Oh bollocks! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we'll see you at training next in, in six weeks' time. Uh, no, I've I've signed I've signed with um, Tenerife, eh? <laughs> what do you mean? Every every single player goes fuming. Do you know what? Um, just just not bother. Should we sign them? Nah, nah. I don't know whether this is true, but apparently, um, apparently, Redondo was a massive Jess Glim fan and eighteen to thirteen holidays fan. <laughs> That's why he went to Tenerife. <laughs> he got on a jet two plane and just headed over. Doot, doot. <laughs> he got immediately he like, landed got a season ticket for Cyan Park 
had a roast dinner. <laughs> had a roast dinner when he landed as well. Mate, Tenerife's a weird place, isn't it? Yeah, every like, single drink is in a frozen glass. Yeah, and, and also what like where. When I went to Tenerife, someone, someone, me and me and Sofa listening to someone complain about the fact they couldn't even get a good roast dinner. Couldn't even get, um, couldn't get a good roast dinner and a pie. It was August. Who the fuck wants a pie <laughs> covered in gravy in August? Thirty six degrees <laughs> outside, mate. Can't even get good bacon weeks, butty. Fifty two weeks of the year, mate. Fifty two <laughs> weeks. You've decided to take one of those to go to a different place. All right, just be without pie for one week. Go back to the pies next week. <laughs> so unnecessary. Uh, um. Anyway, so he so he signs for Tenerife. I feel like Tenerife at this at this point in his career is a really good move for him actually because they're they are they're a La Liga club, and the whole concept of sort of the manager initially who was there was a guy called Solari. Um, the whole sort of his whole concept was we're going to build the whole entire team around you. So I think Tenerife always knew from the beginning, as soon as they got him, he wasn't going to be there forever, but they would get a really good player who they would get a lot of use out of. Um, and he would, for him, on a selfish point of view, he put himself in the shop window for the bigger clubs as well. Uh, what happened to Solari straight afterwards? Uh, after what? After he signed him. Uh, El Sacco. El Sacco. He got sacked. Sorry, I was getting him confused with the other manager. Too many Spanish oh. names, mate. No, oh, yeah. Well, he got sacked. There was another manager came in. I can't remember his name, but he got sacked pretty soon afterwards. Jorge but, Valdano. That's it, Valdano. Um, but I mean, after that, Tenerife actually get into Tenerife get into the Europa League. So I mean, quite well the, the, actually. Yeah, the so, plan worked. He gets in. Yeah, Go I on. think first season twenty three appearances, one goal. Second season, 32 appearances, two goals. This is bear in mind, he's a whole midfielder, doesn't really score many goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Third season, 20 appearances, four goals. Yeah, until, apart from that season. Where's the balloon door? Get it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, Valdano comes in and he, he absolutely loves him. Yeah. Gives him the freedom to park, my- lets him play however he likes. Do you know what my favourite thing about Tenerife is in this period, and we've spoken about this on other podcasts because it's affected other players we've spoken about, on two seasons on the bounce, two seasons on the bounce, Real Madrid paid Tenerife in the final game of the season oh, to bro. decide who's going to win the league. And both times they fuck it. Both times Barcelona win the league. I think they, I can't remember if they lose twice, lose twice or lose one and draw the other one. But like that is the odds of that happening are like nothing because it's little Tenerife. I know they obviously get into Europa League, but the gap between Barca, Real Madrid and the rest of the league is just huge at this point. And they bottle it twice. The second time's got to be mentality. I know we're going back to every time, but you you see that fixture that's come out and you know you've already bottled it once before on that last game of the season. You'll be thinking the whole time, do not get to the last game of the season against Tenerife and we need a win. What do they do? Yeah. They do it again. Lose. Um so Little bastard, just, he's done it again. <laughs> um just to come back to like sort of in between this time as well. Nineteen ninety two we just spoke about it. They win the Copper America. And this is and this is sort of part of a theme that we'll we'll talk about a little bit more, probably a bit more in depth in a bit. But he's paired with Simeone. He's paired with Simeone and those two in the midfield just start absolutely dominating. Um, and who did they have up front? See if you can get his first name right this time. Diego Batistuta. 
Yeah, David Batistuta up front. Um and they win they win the uh they win the Cop America in nineteen ninety two. Huzzah. Huzzah. Yeah. Huzzah, the Copper America. <laughs> um anyway, Copper America done. See you later at one. Um and we'll come back to the Simeone point in a bit because I think it is really important. Um anyway, win the Copper America, you think, right, he must be an Argentine he must be on track to be an Argentina's like list of great midfielders of all time, right? But uh he's not, really. Um because in the nineteen ninety four in the nineteen ninety four World Cup, he just gets prior to actually going into the World Cup, Argentina don't just piss qualification, which most years they piss qualification, right? He gets they go down to the final game where it's a, basically a direct shootout for qualification with them versus Colombia, and they get and they get thumped five yeah. nil, and he gets taken to the absolute cleaners by any idea? Colombia Valderrama. Yeah, Valderrama takes him to the absolute cleaners. See you later. Uh, he gets hooked. He gets hooked 65th minute, I think, as well. But then they play Austra- Then they play Australia, beat Australia over two legs. Diego gets brought back into the fold and Maradona wins it all for them. But Redondo is internationally having quite a difficult sort of time here. Um, yeah, I think... In 1994. I think the common theme with this player is he is very good at dribbling the ball, passing the ball, all of like the technical aspects of the game, but his discipline is really, really poor. So he has yeah. to play alongside these like dogged midfielders that are going to yeah. do the dirty work for him. And then if he comes, yeah. if he comes up against a player that's going to do it and he's not, then he's just out of the game completely. They just bypass yeah. him. I feel uh- Let's, I, I, that was one of the things I was, I was going to sort of bring up a little bit as well. So let's just talk about it now. Is when when you were saying is his his whole career and his successful points, right? He's he's look. We don't want to go into tactical analysis or pretend we know too much because we just don't know that much. But his whole career, he he is at his best when he has a maverick in front of him and a bulldog behind him, essentially. Mm. So. Like you said, Diego Simeone, Diego Simeone behind him, Diego Maradona in front of him is when he's outstanding for Argentina. Yeah. When you look at his Real Madrid days, when he had Luis Enrique initially coming in and doing the running for him, and then someone like a Raul in front of him, he was outstanding. Later on, later on, we're actually going to talk about this a bit later on. But Christian Carambu, uh, who is who gets rolled out for every single charity <laughs> football game ever, um, he. When he's in behind him, working really hard, he, that's when he has his best. That's when he has his best ever season. Yeah, um, and he has people like Steve McManaman in front of him, who is like one of the Steve McManaman's so such a like. You, it, when you think about like an English and a scouse English lads going and playing for Real Madrid, you imagine him to be like the the tough tackling, hard working yeah. the midfielder. But he's he's Paul not. He's, he's an absolute yeah, nice absolute silk. Um, so he's sort of like, I would say Redondo is a a top class player when he's played in the right system. But if he's not in the right system, yeah, he's not. He's not. The team's built around like, him, really, isn't the, it? Yeah, yeah. He is under. Um, actually, no. I'll save it for the end because we'll, we'll probably yes. We'll, we'll have to decide, yeah. I guess, won't we? Yeah, we will. So um, I'll save that but, a bit. 
Yeah. So in the so anyway, they, the, as I said, they beat Australia to go to the um, to the World Cup in 1994, and then in 1994 the World Cup starts off really well. Um, they're they're playing some really good football. They smack someone up six 0 I think it is. I can't remember who it was, um, but they start smacking people up. Um, he got the assist for a goal to Maradona, and then while Redondo and while Redondo was doing magic on the pitch, <laughs> Maradona was doing magic off the pitch. So Diego starts. Diego gets done with his coke ban, and then it just all goes to pot. Absolutely fucks it for everyone. Cheers. Yeah, because he's still got Simeone who's doing the working behind him. But then I can't remember who they actually. I don't know who they actually bring in. But basically, Redondo's job then becomes much more difficult because he's supposed to be the one sort of in between the lines, but also a number ten, and he's just not good enough to do it. And again, a real a, a common theme that comes a, a lot in his career is when he's played up against a in this point where you would call a number 10, when he's played up against a, a good number 10, he's he gets taken to the cleaners. So like Valderrama took him to the cleaners. In the 1994 World Cup, if you watch it, Haji, Haji just takes him to the cleaners. There's a game with uh, Real Madrid where he's playing against Juve. Zidane takes him to the cleaners. Yeah. And it's like, he's not, he's, he's weird because he's like the least defensive defensive midfielder ever. Yeah. He's, he's, he- <laughs> He's like this, I hate to say it, using the term, he's a pivot, isn't he? He just yeah. takes the ball and progresses it out of the pitch. He doesn't re- He doesn't want to do anything other than that. He likes to go past players, but defensively, he's just, he's just not, he's either, he's either not interested or he's just tactically inept. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, like I said, like, so when we talk about the best points, you like, look at the list of the people he worked with in front of him, Seydorf, Laudrup, hmm. Raul, Steve McManaman, which is Steve McManam is a great player. It feels weird to mention him in those type in this type of thing, doesn't it? Yeah. Diego Maradona. I imagine, you know, I imagine if he was on for a little bit longer, someone like a Raquel May, for example, would have worked brilliantly with him. But yeah, he's it, he's someone who really relies on that. But I think the the other thing I want to say as well, because I feel like we're actually being a little bit negative about him, is one thing he does do is he makes football look easy. Yeah, yeah. He's a type. He's he's. He's the type of footballer that, in fact, it was Valdana that said about him. He said he's one of the only footballers that can do what they see in their head with their feet. He, he, he is. If I were to think about the demographic of people that I think listen to this podcast, or the demographic of people that I think would like this podcast, I feel like he would be their favourite players. So, like IPA drinking, probably got a pair of sambas, got a beanie <laughs> on that doesn't cover their ears, got a moustache, carries a tote bag baggy trousers those type of people you're wearing literally all of that right now yeah (laughs) obviously but yeah obviously i'm not wearing a tote bag but i have a tote bag tote bag but 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 i actually do have one on the back door as well um but but he is every one of theirs favorite type of players like he that that, i feel like that's the type of players he was he is aesthetically very 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 good to watch that's it and that's what i was saying like previously, if you if you played for your club, fifty percent of the time you'd love him, fifty percent of the time you'd absolutely hate him because you I could just yeah. see him like in the Premier League getting the ball, going past three players, losing it, not tracking back, and you'd be going, "What are you playing at? Get yeah. back!" Not interested. Yeah. You don't see too many players like him now, though. I don't think. I don't think he's. <clears throat> I feel no. like he'd work. I feel like he. I feel like he would have worked if he was under a top manager where he had the work rate. I feel like he'd be an outstanding player right now, but I don't feel like we see too many like him. No, you don't, I don't. I think the game's probably leaving players like that behind or they're having yeah, to agreed. adjust and do the work. Cause if you just don't do it, you're just never going to make it. Maybe 
yeah. Ravel Morrison kind of probably you would say yeah. is a good example of that. Um, yeah. All the technical ability in the world, but if you don't apply it, you're, not, you're never going to succeed. Yeah, and it's not. It's not that he was. It's not that he was like not. It was. He wasn't like notoriously a poor trainer or notoriously anything no. like that. It's just he. He just didn't have the K's in him. He like he just didn't have the miles in his legs. In the game. <laughs> that's 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 the reality of it. Um, I think one of the things that I found really interesting as well, looking through his career, was um, when Capello came in. When Fabio Capello came in for a year, and I, I would just think of everything I've heard from Capello. I think, oof, that's not going to work. Nah, like. Uh, a very uh, a postman Pat is a is a disciplinarian, very rigid to his thing. But he actually plays some of his best ever football under Capello, and he starts getting better and better as the season goes on. Again, though, he does, and then he gets sacked. He does <laughs> he gets sacked. He does. He does bring in um, the right players around him, doesn't he? As Seedorf around him, yeah. Um, Roberto yeah. Carlos, Davosuka, these kind of players that yeah. are, are doing nice some side. In it. It's a it's a joke. And by the way, what a kit. That um Kelme. The Kelme. Yeah. yeah, lovely stuff. The little purple paws. Yeah. Meow. Good lord. Yeah. Um doesn't do then, too bad there. No, and then they get like they just get like other they're like more and more managers come in and some work, some don't. Yup Hyinks. Yup Hyinks has like a Yup Hyinks. He loses it. Really he absolutely yes. loses Jupp, it. Hey, what well, Jupp is quite I've got a quote about Jupp Hyinks talking about <laughs> that time. He calls he calls the Real Madrid side a bunch of sons of bitches <laughs> that I refuse that I refuse to work for uh, work with for any longer after one season. And all the players just say he was just too nice. And that's weird because he had he was really successful. Jupp Hyinks was really successful. He won the Champions League with Bayern not that long ago. Yeah, maybe he was one that was before his time. Even though he was quite old, maybe he was before his time a little bit. Yeah, you can't say that. You can't go out in the media and say that. Just a bunch of sons of bitches. Um, yeah, his head's gone, and it. Someone's obviously said something to him, yeah. called him a short little man, and he's just yeah. absolutely lost it. Yeah, he, um, he's. But I think the overall thing is, I feel like we have maybe not painted him in as positive as a light as he is. He is I know, adored I like I'm by being, Real Madrid. Yeah, I'm being very negative. Yeah, yeah, he is adored by Real Madrid fans. He was Real Madrid captain. He was. Um, an absolute stalwart in their midfield mm-hmm. that played loads and loads of games and is massively, massively loved there. Um, and I feel like we're kind of billing him off as like a sort of like a, a technical Lee Catamole. Yeah. And I don't think he's, <laughs> uh, he's or, or like a Steven Sessignon type player. And he is significantly better than that. And to, to put that into context, right, he is in, he was voted in Real Madrid's, um, he was voted in uh, at one point in Real Madrid's all-time eleven. Mental. There's some, they got voted in 2013. He got voted in their all-time eleven, and he also got voted in their best foreign eleven ever. Now, if you think about the amount of players that have played for Real Madrid, to get voted in either one of those is an enormous honor. So, in all honesty, what the fuck do we know? Yeah. No, I'm just. I just don't want to bum him off as a player that was like amazing, and then. <laughs> And I did not expect you to use that terminology. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to bum him off and then... <laughs> Stop saying that, please. Not, not, not highlight the, the negatives in his, in his, uh, in his game. Um, yeah. So yeah, obviously, Jupp Hanks has, has lost it. He's completely gone. Yeah. Um, few more, few more managers come in. Nothing, nothing concrete. Yeah. And then... Um, and then Vincent of the Forest. Quite a big name. Vincent of the Forest. Big Del Bosque. 
Yeah. Which is, again, I made a brilliant Spanish joke last time with Malagusto. Bad taste, because Malagusto means bad taste in Spanish. Vicente del Bosque in Spanish means Vincent of the Forest. Oh, that makes perfect sense. I don't know why you said it twice, because I, I just assumed you were saying it's random. Obviously, I need to get on my Duolingo. Vincent of the Forest. Um, can we just bring something in as well before this, right? Because obviously, we spoke about his Argentina career in 1994 not very good in and by 1998 it's all over and this is why this is why those ipa drinking fish bean fish fisherman beanie hat people which i am one of those people by the way um love him because he doesn't go to the 1998 world cup because he refuses to cut his hair unreal he refuses to cut his hair so just doesn't go and by the way he is gorgeous he is he's a he's a gorgeous boy back in the day not now but back in the day he was gorgeous what a f- stupid request. Yeah. Why would the, it's, why would the rest like, of the players just not go, well, if you're going to request out of us, we're all just not going to go? Well, because different times, Dono. It's not... Yeah. Can't, it's, oh, it's not... Mate, right, it's bloody not... It's not fucking like that now, is it? <laughs> I'll, I'll grab a girl's bum in a nightclub and all of a sudden I'm a pervert, am I? <laughs> it's not 1998 now, son. No grabbing girls' bums, Yeah. So he kept his girly girly locks. Yeah, so he kept his whoa, 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 he kept his hair. Sorry, which we what we can say now in 1998, he was like, "Look at that haircut. He looks like a girl." <laughs> <laughs> buzz cut, or, buzz cut, or get out. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, he, so because he doesn't doesn't cut his hair, he doesn't play for Argentina again, and that's the end of his career. Twenty nine caps, dead. What a way to go, done. What a way to go because you didn't get a haircut. <laughs> Met- um, metaphorically refuses to cut his hair and, and cuts then, all ties um, to the national scene <laughs> uh, and then big vicente comes in like you said and the that real madrid side is just very good very very good what do they do very in the quarter final josh of the champions Lose. league <laughs> not <laughs> they do not lose they go to manchester Win. united yep well done and they pump them Yes, they pumped them. And probably the most famous thing that Redondo has ever done, he did in that <laughs> For genuinely, one of the most, I would say something that is for, for non-Spanish, non-Real Madrid fans, probably the most famous thing he did was against Man United that day. I can't remember who the right back is, but he takes the ball. It's that little, it's one of the greatest yeah. pieces of skills you'll ever see. It's amazing. He does that little, like, it's that little chop that he does round the, def- round the defender and then, just drops a little ball in for Raul and Raul finishes. I can't think who that defender is. It Gary, it's not Gary Neville, is it? In nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, it should be. I feel like it should be Gary Neville, but I don't I don't think it is Gary Neville. Oh, I don't know why I don't think it is. I have a feeling it might be Mikel Silvestra. I don't know. I can't remember who does it again. Wait, is it ninety eight? It's two thousand. No, it's not. It's Henningberg. It's Henningberg. Yeah, sorry, it's not yet. It's two thousand. It's Henningberg. He does it round. Well, say say no more. May not have just won the Champions League as well, but Henningberg. Gar- um, yeah, Gary never would never let him get away with that back heel. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the um, yeah. So yeah, well done. They beat us. Great. Well done. Well done. Uh, and he is, he's outstanding. Beat us quarters. Bosch semis. Bosch final. Bash Valencia. Big bash, but Valencia. You are flying. Terra Mitzka on the shirt. Yeah, Valencia are flying. They're arguably a better. They're arguably a better side at the time. They used to have mate. Valencia used to have some players, didn't they? Like Ayala, Canizares. 
Oh, Joe Cannizzaro's played for Real Madrid. Did he? Like four appearances. That's a yeah. disgrace, man. But then Casillas come in. He was the same time as Casillas. He's got like hundreds of appearances, Valencia. But they've got um, Valencia in the final, which you think is going to be like, which is obviously not now, probably doesn't sound that difficult, but at the time, Valencia actually billed as favourites, weren't they? Yeah, massive favourites. Um, didn't didn't quite work out for Valencia in the final, did it? No. Absolutely blew them away. And then he wins his second. He wins his second Champions League. Unreal stuff. And this is where a bit of this is where a bit of yeah. He's captain at this point as well. And this is where things get a little bit controversial. So (laughs) he's 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 just won the Champions League. Mm -hmm. Captain's Real Madrid to win in the Champions League. He's actually been voted UEFA Footballer of the Year. He's been voted the the the, all the, all the MVP of the Champions League. He was the best player in the Champions League that year. You think, right, safe. Safe player, you know, keep him here. Yeah, whatever. Wrong! <laughs> you are wrong! Denied! Because what actually happens is it, this is where it gets back to the politics of stuff as well. Um, he basically, it was it was um, presidential election season in, um, also presidential election season sounds like it's like a uh, a, a Twitter for people that like in America <laughs> to like show clips of different presidential things. Um, it's presidential election season, um, and he he runs with the president. Basically, Fl- Florentino Perez becomes president, but Redondo publicly states his support of his counterpart of the uh, not his counterpart of the person of his opposition. So because he supports his opposition, Aldrich and Perez reacts about that, don't I? He's not happy, is he? Not, not happy one no. little bit, and he stomps his little feet and his little legs, and he kicks <laughs> up a big fuss, and he flogs him. And he does, you know that video of the kid who's like, uh, "Get out now!" <laughs> I'm getting really sick of you. <laughs> he does that, um, and then he gets shipped off to AC Milan. Right, brilliant. 2000s, AC Milan, you're not the, the hardest working the players, you're technically brilliant. Serie A, you know, very good. Mm. Go there, smash it up, whack it to pieces. Um, also, by the way, can we just say at this point, there were protests at, at Real Madrid, like, we don't want him to go. We don't want him to go. It's crazy. And is, uh, how, how do you get away with that? I don't know how Perez would even get away with that. Could you imagine, like, now, so, like, after Real Madrid won the last Champions League, imagine they were just like, oh, yeah. Vinicius, you're off. See ya. And they were like, "Yeah, what? but he get yeah, no, but he get away. No, because he get away with it because he he then go and buy Mbappe, and everyone forget about it because that's what he did. He went and bought the Galacticos afterwards. Fickle. So yeah, yeah, you get rid of yeah, you get rid of Redondo, but fuck it because we're gonna get Figo and Zidane. And that that that, that, a lot that is how it works. It? it does say it, yeah, it does. But I also think I also was as you were saying, I was thinking as a Man United fan, if they went right, we're selling Rashford. Rash, I know Rash is not great at the moment, but they're like, oh, but don't worry, we're going to get Venetius in. I'd be like, yeah. 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 But, no, maybe I wouldn't, but I also wouldn't be like, I'd be gutted he'd be gone, but then I also wouldn't, I'd get over it quickly. Football's fickle, isn't it? It is very fickle, yeah. Um, so he goes to AC Milan, you think, right, brilliant, that's going to work. Fantastic. One of his first training sessions suffers a knee injury that keeps him out for two and a half years. Two and a half years, by the way. That's awful, mate. Like, you, you, he's on, he's on, he's at the peak of his game now. So, yeah. just won a Champions League. Unfortunately, as he's forced out, but yeah, it, it, Italy is perfect for him, isn't it? You think, yeah, 
perfect place for him to go. He's he's, he's going to have his best years in Milan. Two and a half year knee injury. But when we're going to talk about the character room, because I actually quite like the character room quite a lot. He um he. Yeah. He basically suspends his wage, tries to give back the car they gave him, tries to give back the house he gave him. Um, yeah, he's quality. Yeah. So, how are you? And then, how you? And then that's it, really, for him, isn't it? He can't, he does <laughs> he does go on to make sixteen appearances for AC Milan, Eight. and he wins the Champions League. He wins the yeah. Champions he League. Makes five, he makes five. He does make well. five of those appearances in the Champions League winning season. Yeah, which. I believe is enough to win him a medal. Um, he does. He wins a medal, which is absolutely, it's absolutely mental, isn't it? Um, yeah, bonk. But yeah, that's him done. He he he. In two thousand three, two thousand four season, he makes eight appearances and sustains another knee injury and retires. One of the great things as well is that he actually goes back to the Bernabeu and um, with AC Milan. And they like they they like say like come home blah 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 blah. They have like loads of banners out for him and stuff like that. They love yeah. him. So do you know what I mean? Great career, great bloke, mate. How good was Fernando Redondo? Good is the answer. But here are the questions, my good Dono. <laughs> my good Dono. Here are the questions. I've said huzzah. huzzah. I sound like I still play, like play RuneScape. You've been um, watching too many Pokemon is- videos. <laughs> By the way, if anyone has any of the one five one, like any of the like secret illustrator rares, and just wants to send them <laughs> to me, send them to you, boy. Secret um, illustrator rares. Oh, what the what? fuck does that even mean? What the fuck does that even mean? Secret, as in I'm not telling you. Illustrator, as in <laughs> illustrated. Rare, as in not easy to get. It's not that hard to. It's not that hard oh, to dictate. Darno. Right. Go anyway, on. hit me. Um, right. First question is overrated or underrated. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to say underrated. <laughs> well, hold on. You've spent no, 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 no. I've not slagged him off. I, I think he's, I think he is quite underrated for what he's achieved for Real Madrid. So, in terms of, obviously, he's he's rated in in Spain, without yeah. a doubt. He's rated in Argentina. In the UK, I, I honestly I hadn't even heard of him until about six months ago when I saw Marker put up a load of all time elevens and some someone who played for Real Madrid put him in their all time eleven. Yeah, and I was I honestly was like, who the hell who the hell is that? Never heard of him. Yeah. Um, so I think in the aspect that he he was quite clearly a very good player who didn't yeah. his career ended early and didn't didn't really play enough in the in the in um international football i do think he is an, an underrated player interesting um okay despite all of the things i've just said about his lack of di- um his lack of discipline and his technical awareness being quite shit um i do think yeah all, f- from the videos i've seen of him and everything that's everything that um he's achieved throughout his career especially his time in tenerife i think is is amazing um yeah not to overshadow his, his time in Real Madrid, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I, I think, yeah, I do think he, I think he is he is underrated. Yeah, I go the. Ex- I would agree with you. I, I would. I could literally copy and paste everything you just said. I feel like, I feel like to to put it into context, and I'm not saying they're the same type of footballer, 
But I think someone like if Isco played at the same sort of time, I feel like he'd be in the exact same boat in the sense of he actually played quite a good amount of time for Real Madrid. There were a lot of other superstars there around him and he probably doesn't have as many international caps as some of the better players do because there may have been some more around him for different reasons. But yeah, Redondo is someone who, like you said, probably came into... I only heard about him uh, probably slightly long, but two years ago or something like that. And there's some great Real Madrid sure. sides in there that he's not. Yeah, well, two years. Oh, sorry, two years earlier than you is what I meant. So two years and six months. <laughs> but because I also because he comes under that blanket of Real Madrid players that are just just pre the Galacticos, and he leaves when the Galacticos yeah. start becoming a thing. I think when I think of my earliest thoughts of like Real Madrid and knowing who Real Madrid are, it's Zidane. Beckham, yeah. Ronaldo, and he's just pre that. Yeah, so, I agree. So he, he he comes under that sort of like weird umbrella of players that just aren't quite known enough, sort of for, for my age, for my age bracket anyway. So um, I agree completely. I think he's underrated. I think he's underrated. My next question is, how much do you think he'd be worth in today's market? Oh... And who would you go to? Who would buy him? So where is he where is he coming from? Is he coming from Tenerife? Well, all right. Answer the question of who would buy him from Tenerife and who would have bought yeah. him at the end of his career. Okay. So he's a free flow, a free flow and attacking he's, he's an attacking whole he's like an attacking box to box midfielder at Tenerife. Yeah. Absolutely no awareness. I'll rinse them again. Um, I reckon he'd go somewhere like Spurs. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. Um, Just someone... I don't think he'd be... Now, I don't think he'd go somewhere like Real Madrid. I don't think he'd go to like one of the the top teams because he's he's, he's got quite like this tactical naivety, but I could see him going somewhere like a Spurs um, or like, I don't know, like like a Sevilla. And then yeah. building a team around him, yeah. And then, and then the next step being he goes somewhere like Barcelona, like Rakitic yeah, did. That's yeah. it, exactly. If he ever, if he ever does, but yeah, I didn't. I just don't. I wouldn't have. I'm about to say I can't see him doing that, but obviously, is that at the end of is that at the end of his end of his career or Tenerife? This is Tenerife, so I would say end of his career. So he's just he's done all this with Madrid. He's being forced out. Yeah. I think he's going to, if he's been forced out, he's at the top of his game. I think someone like Man City would pick him up. Yes. Because they'd be like, what are you playing at? Yeah. We're going to have him. How much? Real Madrid don't want him, do they? How much did he go to AC for? 12, I think it was. 12 million. So I reckon 35, 40 million. 11 million, sorry, not 12. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I, I would. I think for the first part, I feel like he stinks of like a, a straight to Barcelona. I feel like he stinks of like when Barcelona pick those random players up from, like, yeah. from like those little clubs for like 25, 30 million. Yeah. Um, his value would obviously be much higher if he were there, but that type of thing. And the other, and for the later part of his career, I thought Man City or like, uh, or United. He, yeah, just because of the fact yeah, he no, yeah. Take it Varane, back. Varane, Casemiro, Redondo, you know, like yeah. the players that don't fit in, but ah, oh, fuck it, we'll have them. They're good, <laughs> so we'll have them, fuck it. And yeah, again, that 60, is... I reckon if it was United, 85 million. If it's Man yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say, change it to United and then add another 20 million on top of whatever City were going to pay. 
Yeah. Um, he's he's really hard to find things about, so I actually don't have any questions. You don't have a single question? Uh, yeah, no, I've got one question. My question was, in who would you rather kiss, him or Batistuta? Who do you think's better looking and you'd like to have a little kiss with? Diego or Gabriel? <laughs> Gabriel. Gabriel. Not the angel Gabriel. I need to get back on Duolingo. Um, um, hold on, let me get further side by side. Get, oh, fucking hell. Uh, Redondo. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, okay, I've got a Spanish go question for you then. I've got a Spanish question for you then. Juan Cuadrado. Juan Cuadrado. Do you know what Juan Cuadrado means? Uh, John. Don't be such a Cuadrado, man. Drag. Stop being such a Cuadrado, man. Um, X, Y, circle, and... I went, no, X, no, no I'm trying to think of PlayStation. X, square. Y, circle, square. What was it? Fernando Redondo. What does Redondo mean? Redondo. In my head, right, Redondo, right, Redondo, like a rip. <laughs> circle. No, round. <laughs> I was actually going to say, you've never ever bought a... I knew those were the words as well, but because you were doing the PlayStation controller, I, I was like, oh, it must be a circle. Head, right, circle, right, circle. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, means circle. So Fernando Redondo means means uh, Fernando. I don't know what Fernando translates to in English. Fernando circle. Um and that's us. By the way, we were said we were going to do this in like 45 minutes. It's taken an hour and 15, I think. Mental. Featuring, featuring a piss break, to be fair, but... <coughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I um, would, yeah, I, I'm dying before and still. Yeah, cool. Right, we'll wrap it up quickly then. Right, thank you so much for listening. Like I said, we recorded this eight days before it comes out. So if something massive has happened in the world of football, I mean, we'll probably hop on and just do a quick like 20-minute podcast. If something massive has happened, we can talk about it if you want. Or if you don't want, <laughs> fuck you then. Um, <laughs> um, as I said, follow the follow the Instagram. We've now got a t- Donna. We've got a TikTok. We haven't got any TikToks, but we have a TikTok. We have a TikTok that's going to have TikToks on it at some point. So at matehgw. Instagram is more important at this moment in time. At matehgw. Follow us five if you can like, subscribe, all that sort of stuff on Spotify. Um, five stars if you like it. It still says we're American football, which we're not. I don't know why it says that. Um, Yeah, that's us. It was a pleasure as always. Love you all. Goodbye. Donna, say bye. Oh, yeah. Good to see you later, everyone. Bye-bye. Yeah, love you so much, Donna. See you you on Saturday. Can't wait to see how minging you look after 10 hours on that party bus. Can't wait. Up the beer. And up the... See you later.